pastors here. And really tonight, honestly, we just want to have fun. We just want to shake loose a little bit and do something that's a little bit different. That's why we've kept the kids in for this worship experience. Because it's something I've wanted to do all month. Because all month we've been talking about the responses to Christmas. Responses to the news that a king is coming. And there's something really fun that I wanted to do with that. But I really realized week in and week out that the kids leave for e-kids before I get to even get up here. And they suck all the fun out of the room with them. But not tonight. So tonight... I'm going to have us do something cool. And with the parents' permission, or with your guardian's permission, kids, go ahead and stand up on your chairs. Seriously, you can stand up on your chairs. Someone, for the love of Pete, stand up on their chairs. Even if you're just young at heart. Even if you're just vibrant and bouncy kind of person. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Because what I want us to do is I want us to do what the first people at Christmas did. They responded. They responded emphatically. And all month, we've been talking about these different responses. How Mary, the mother of Jesus, responded. How Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, responded. How Simeon in the temple responded. And then again, how John the Baptist himself responded. So we're going to do something cool. And when I say we, I mean all of you, not just the kids. Now, we're going to break you up, and we're going to have you respond the way that they responded. So if you're on this side of the room, and you're sitting in a green chair, have a quick check around yourself. You are going to play the part of Mary. And when I say the king is coming, you're going to do what Mary did, and you're going to go, wow! What are you going to do? Wow. The first service was really good at this. What are you going to do? Wow. There you go. Now, if you're on this side of the room and you're in black chairs, what you're going to do is you're going to play the part of Zachariah, who when he first heard it, he said, I can't believe it. What are you going to do? These guys get it. Now, if you're on this side of the room, you're in a green chair. You're going to play the part of Simeon, who breathed this deep sigh of relief. And he said, finally. You're going to say? Finally. Winners. And if you're in the back right, in the black chairs, you get to be John the Baptist. And you get the most fun one. Because when he heard that his king was coming, he did a backflip. So when I say the king is coming, you're going to stand on your chair. You're going to throw yourself backwards and nail it like an Olympic athlete. Or you could just go, woo! You choose. So when I do it, you're going to go, fantastic. Mary's, you're going to go, can some of you guys like move over here? Maybe just like, Mary's, you're going to go, there you go. Simeon's, you're going to go, Zechariah's, you're going to go, and John the Baptist, you're going to go, not one backflip. Okay, are you ready? The king is coming. Fantastic. Thank you. You can all take a seat now. That was just for me. I was going to do that all month. Because we've been talking about these responses, and these responses, they were passionate and they were emphatic. They were the response to Christmas. They were a response to the news that the king was coming. When Mary heard it, when Mary understood it, so she said, she said, oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Zechariah said, praise the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has visited and redeemed his people. Simeon, I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. And John, someone is coming soon who is greater than I am, so much greater. Their response in the moment they first got it, their response, honestly, for the rest of their lives, was to point everything that they had to this king. Everything they had to this Savior, everything they had to this Messiah, for great reason. I want to share with you what I believe the great reason for us celebrating Christmas really is. Because Christmas, 
Christmas is so much more than chestnuts roasting on an open fire or Jack Frost nipping at your nose. It's more than jingle bells and holiday smells or even kissing under the mistletoe. Christmas, this most wonderful time of year, not because of Christmas cheer or Santa Claus drawing near or his reindeer, it is because it is a declaration. It's more than that. As we gather around the Christmas tree, it goes beyond the act of carol singing. and it goes deeper than a nativity scene because you see this declaration is that our Messiah has been revealed. The one we've always waited for, the one that tore down death's door. That's our Messiah who came innocent as a babe with no crib for his head to lay. Instead, as he was laid in a manger, it was on a bed of hay. That's our Messiah. There were no parades to announce his birth, no royal robes to show his worth. The Savior of the world, the Son of God, came and little celebration was heard. Except perhaps for his mother and husband-to-be who came close to their son and say much how they loved he. That's our Messiah, not coming with pomp and circumstance, no obnoxious demands, just fulfilling the dozens and dozens of God's commands written by human hands, all culminating in this one man. That's our Messiah, the God-man, fully human and fully divine, the only solution to our brokenness, Jesus Christ. He left his position, seated with his Holy Father to become our deliverer, our redeemer, our comforter and healer, the heir to all things, the image of God. He was and he is the almighty one, our Messiah. This is the true sign of Christmas time, that as we wrap our houses and trees in Christmas lights, they're supposed to symbolize a beacon of hope for all mankind, a reminder of God's, God's grander design, the perfect gift that he supplied, that one day his perfect son would die so that we could lift our heads in pride and we could all cry unified, joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing. So let's receive that gift of a king. Let's not just speak of heavenly things. Let's not fixate on what's under the tree, but let's fixate on the one who bled and died on a tree so that we might be free, that he bled and died for you and me. Let us receive. Let's faithfully believe in the arrival of our king, and what that arrival really means, the assurance that it brings and the brilliance that it beams, the fulfillment of law, the instillment of all God's promises culminating in this one man, our Messiah, that on one night long ago, God sent us the great gift of a light, the greatest gift that has ever been given, his son, Jesus Christ, that we might all be forgiven, a light that is still with us today that will shine forevermore. Let us receive the gift, this light of the world. Let us receive the coming of the king. It's why we use light to celebrate Christmas. Because light at Christmas shows us what it was always supposed to be. Always there would be a light that shines, that reminds us of the divine. A light for you, a light for them. A light that cannot be broken, hindered, or hemmed. As we remember Simeon, Zechariah, John and Jesus' mother, we pass light to each other, sister, mother, father, son, daughter, and brother. All of us offered this light to remember the silent night that put flight to fright. Let's hold that light. Let's stand and let's sing to the coming of our King, the greatest gift that Christmas could ever, ever, ever bring. <laughs>